So we'll just kind of just go back and forth, banter, and then we'll kind of cue you in. We'll talk about what it is, blah, 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 your history. I'll kind of say, like, you know, what can we know about you that you couldn't read off of Wikipedia or whatever, anything like that, right? <laughs> sure, so, sure. All right. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. And they're off for another Give 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Bringing to you the best stories from icons in the bourbon industry, it's Bourbon Pursuit. Now here are your hosts, Ryan and Kenny. Back with another episode of the Bourbon Pursuit Podcast. My name is Kenny, and as always, I have my co-host Ryan with me. Ryan, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. Good, man. Uh, you know, really excited about today. We got uh, Marianne Barnes from the Old Taylor Distillery, which is being revamped. And the formerly, formerly, formerly known as Old Taylor. So it's being revamped and revitalized. Uh, really excited. I really don't know much about it. I uh, just know there was a castle and uh, I know it's, it's scenes and pictures. So I'm really excited to find out 
a little bit about the history and what they got planned for us. It's going to be one of those days where we didn't do like tons and tons of research up front because there's not a whole lot that you can really find. I mean, except for in the history books or whatever, but uh, it's going to be a good day to actually hear it from the horse's mouth, right? That's right. <laughs> so let's go ahead and introduce our guest. So today we have Marion Barnes. Now, if you've never heard of Marion Barnes, you can Google her. She's got all kinds of news stories lately. She's the the, the woman of, she's like the, I guess you could say like the iconic woman of whiskey right now is a, is a good way to kind of put it, right? Yeah. So if anybody doesn't know, Marianne Barnes is, actually, I'm not going to go ahead and do everything, but she is going to be the, the master distiller at the formerly known as Old Taylor Distillery. So Marianne, go ahead and uh, first welcome to the show and kind of just tell us uh, a little bit about who you are and your background. Thanks so much, Kenny. Uh, my background is chemical engineering. I grew up, I always say in and around Louisville. I grew up in Oldham County, a speed school, speed school grad, and I graduated in 2012. I started at Brown Foreman back in 2009. So I worked there in R&D, research and development, really. And, and that's where I learned how to make whiskey. So I didn't grow up in a whiskey-making family. My dad drank scotch. I saw a bottle of Jim Beam on the shelf every now and again. He lived um, in Kentucky and drank scotch. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's a pilot, so he traveled all over oh, the world. Okay. So I think that's how he got in, into the scotch world. But he is totally converted to bourbon now. Ever since I worked for Brown Foreman, he's just uh, completely completely uh, moved over. Now, b- before we go any further, since you did work for Brown Foreman, now I've interviewed there and I kind of know a little bit about like you have this ambassador program. So were you an ambassador for a particular brand while you're there? I'm assuming it's going to be Woodford Reserve, but go ahead. So we they, they did um, product promotion money and all that good stuff. I wasn't a ambassador of any brand in particular, but I was the master taster for the whiskey brands. So when I was out talking about stuff, it was always either Old Forester or Woodford Reserve. Mm-hmm. Cool. It makes sense. Right. 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 <laughs> so give us a little bit of a background about how like chemical engineering plays into this, right? I mean, we've talked to a few master distillers, and I guess this is one question I've always been kind of intrigued about is if you want to get into this industry and you kind of want to know about how people climb to the top and the background and history they have, like what does chemical engineering really play into this sort of role? It's really important for a technical distilling job. You use all of the major unit operations that you learn in uh, chemical engineering school. So distillation, fermentation reactors, heat exchange, all those things that, that you learn the intimate details of how to calculate and size in, in engineering school. It, it's you know, hands-on every day in the distillery. So it was really exciting to get a co-op at Brown Foreman and start to use what I had learned in school. Mm-hmm. We have a, uh, well, they, Brown Foreman has a micro distillery, like a, a small pilot plant in the R&D facility. So I was out there all the time. If I wasn't working out there, I was just tinkering, learning the equipment, yeah. you know, playing around. They allowed us to be really creative, actually, to design some of our own experiments. So from the time I started as an intern, they were letting me develop my own whiskey recipes, which was pretty exciting. Now, uh, did you have to leave them with you? Yeah. <laughs> Is that considered yeah. IP? Yeah, those barrels are still there. <laughs> so I guess talk to us about what's the future happening with you, right? What's, what's going to be happening here and why we have you on the show? Well, it's just super exciting. So I made the choice to leave Brown Foreman, and it was not an easy decision at all. I had an amazing uh, opportunity there, an amazing career trajectory. I was training with master distiller Chris Morris to become 
essentially the next Woodford Reserve master distiller. I had achieved master taster there. So it wasn't lightly that I chose to make this move. I saw the opportunity. When you walk on the site at Old Taylor, it's a limestone castle for Mm -hmm. one thing. And you walk around and you feel the history there. It's kind of like walking back in time. It, it's hard not to fall in love. And then after I, I met my partners, Will, Arvin, and Wes Murray, that you just feed off of their passion and excitement for the project. And I was really impressed with them and their plans. And it just felt right to get plugged in and help revive the site, bring it back to life, and really get to put my stamp on it and develop brand new recipes as opposed to continuing an 80-year tradition and start mm-hmm. my own. Yeah, I mean, that's also one of the things that probably a lot of listeners should know is that even though it's going to be the formally known as Old Taylor Distillery, I guess, is there going to be a new name or is it going to still be Old Taylor? How's, how do you, what's the kind of thought process behind there? We would love to keep the name, but unfortunately we can't. That trademark is owned by another company and Does it, it rhyme with Schmuffalo Trace? Is that what it <laughs> yeah, actually or this Krasarak. is better. Yeah. <laughs> <Krasarak>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we will not be able to use the, the old Taylor name. We will be renaming it and and it, it's been one of the hardest things for us. It's been a real challenge to figure out what we're gonna name a place that's been the old Taylor distillery since eighteen eighty seven. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a new name. The whiskey and the distillery are going to share a name to honor the place and and the history there. And then our gin. So I don't know if y'all are were in the know there. We're going to be making gin. Got to so make money first, somehow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's gonna, so, it takes a few years to just put a bourbon out, right? So you got to got to got to be able to make something up front to get some more dollars rolling in. So that's yeah. right. So we'll be making gin. Uh, so aside from just tourism and events, we're going to make money by having a Kentucky botanical, a, a state grown botanical recipe gin, all awesome. the botanicals we've grown on site. It'll be a whiskey uh, base recipe and that will have a different name than the distillery and the uh, brown spirits. Old barns. So, but there is going to be, there are plants for whiskey in the future and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, going to be there. Whiskey's, it'll be, our, our bourbon recipe will be the first one off the still and then we'll be making gin short, shortly after that. They're going to kind of tag off of one another because, so we're getting two stills. We're getting eight. We're downsizing from the 72 inch column still that's there, which is monstrous. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to actually later this week, pull that one out with a crane and, uh, Late summer, we're going to be dropping in our 24-inch Vendome copper column still for whiskey. And then we're also going to have a uh, stainless steel gin still that we could make uh, pure uh, GNS with if we wanted to. And then we'll have a, a copper copper doubler slash pot still that will feed both systems. So we're going to run whiskey. And then at the end of a whiskey run, we're going to save some of that, move it into the gin still, and then distill gin from that whiskey recipe, whether it's rye or malt or a bourbon recipe. So it sounds like there's a, a whole hell of a lot that's going on there. There's a lot. <laughs> I guess maybe a lot, of, a lot of listeners don't understand is that Old Taylor was almost in ruins. Right. I mean, it was I think if I if I did my Googling correctly, I mean, it was at the point where people were taking the limestone and taking places from it and shipping it off. And they were building houses out in California or Texas or wherever with the stones and everything that was there because it was basically just rubble. So what is kind of the plans or I guess how much money you don't have to say how much money, but I guess what's being invested into, um, you know, revitalizing it or restoring it or whatever thing like that. So I would I would say the site 
wasn't necessarily in ruins. The a former owner started disassembling it. They were like a reclaimed materials company. So mm-hmm. there were two warehouses across the road from the castle that they completely dismantled. They took the the old heart pine out and started selling that as, you know, reclaimed wood. So it was slowly being dismantled, but not fully ruined yet. We did have to now take Now somebody's shelves in their kitchen right now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. They right. got a nice patio. Right. That's a cool story. <laughs> That's right. So once you clear away all the brush, so it almost felt like walking through a post-apocalyptic world. It's like one of those National Geographic TV shows, what the world like is like when nature takes over after humans have been gone for a couple decades. So after that was all cleared away, you could see that the structures were in really pretty good shape. So we needed windows and roofs, and we've actually completed the roof on the warehouse, the 540-foot-long warehouse, which Mm -hmm. is the longest uh, ricked warehouse or warehouse of its kind in the world. And I'm going to keep saying so until until somebody beats you. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. We've completed that. We're going to end up having to replace about a third of the ricking inside. But we're open for business to take barrels. We're not going to use all of that capacity ourselves. It holds about 33,000 to 35,000 barrels. Wow. Oh, wow. And uh, we're going to be using, can't say exactly how many in the first (laughs) year because we're still figuring out exactly how much we're going to be making. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we have another warehouse. It's a cement warehouse. It's got four stories, and it could be palletized and hold about 65,000 barrels. So we've got a bunch of storage, even though we lost three warehouses. So there was a lot of storage. I was about to say, and, and not only with that, with a warehouse that you said, the, the largest one in the world. Now, if we if we think about, and you're going to know this because you're the master taster, I mean, is there going to be a difference in like the way the barrels taste from one end to the other? It's a big possibility, especially since the way it was built, there were only fans on one side. So it would pull air on one side and it would have to come all the way from the other side to create the ventilation. We could be changing that orientation, maybe adding some fans to the other side. Um, When we open up the windows, that'll change the way the air works in there. So it's just going to take some time to feel it out and figure it out. out. That's right. Say what what idea you're going to have next week that you're going to have to go back and have (laughs) 10 meetings about, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the, and speaking of construction and where the site is today. We've completed the roof on the castle. We're in the process of replacing windows. We've gone in and started cleaning up some of the old equipment inside the castle. So we are going to be reusing the old fermentation tanks, the old grain silos, the old day bins, the meal bins, the cooker. We're just going to retrofit. We got to sandblast them and uh, coat them. That's cool. So I guess give some of our listeners like where this is in relation to Kentucky too, because everybody kind of knows like, oh, it's in Lexington. You got Barstown, you got Loretto. So where where in relation to everything else is Old Taylor? So Old Taylor is really easy to find. It's in Woodford County and it's actually about four miles down the road from Woodford Reserve on the same road on McCracken. So whether you go down Grassy Springs or if you come down Duncan, you'll turn right onto McCracken Lane and you'll either pass Woodford or you'll be going the opposite way. I mean, and you can't the, miss it. Yeah, I mean, you're in a perfect spot yeah, for... That's one uh, of the best drives in Kentucky, uh, you, right through there. You, I always tell people when they come and visit, they're like, which distillery do we go to? We'll be like, I always say, you know, 
Woodford Reserve is great, right? I mean, you're not going to go and be amazed by uh, tens of different kinds of bourbons they do or anything like that. But when you drive up, it's quintessential Kentucky. Yeah. It is okay. rolling fields, it's horse farms, and everything like that. And you guys are going to be able to feed off that very, very nicely. So it's definitely it's a it's a definitely a good spot to have. So let's also talk about you know what what you're going to be seeing here, maybe five to ten years in the future. I mean, where do you kind of see this this business kind of going? Absolutely. We're going to set the stage distribution-wise with the gin, and the bourbon will just end up following that wherever wherever it goes. Hopefully, that's a, a huge success. I see the gin the gin growth really coming up fast. I don't go anywhere and, and um, not see gin on the cocktail menu. So that one, yeah. it's it's really it's very versatile and good summer. I love Hendrix gin. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's tasty. It's a good one. Yeah. I don't drink gin, so I guess I got to start now. <laughs> oh, man, gotcha. I'm going to hold a conversation with you, There's too. There's so many good cocktails with gin. <laughs> well, we're going to be, as I said, making the bourbon drinker's gin and as, as soon as we have bourbon. So, as you said, five years down the road is about when you'll see a bourbon-style product from us. Before that, we'll have rye whiskey out, hopefully releasing that around three years, and then potentially an American malt a little bit sooner, looking at maybe smoking it like a, a Scotch-style not with peat, but with some other different types of wood. There's a lot of different things that I can play with. <laughs> and I'm actually getting my countertops for my laboratory installed this week. So this is a big week. We're yeah, getting no. still removed, getting my countertops in, so I can actually start unboxing start some of my lab ideas, equipment. Yeah. yeah, exactly. To work. That's the real tinkering. Yeah, I was about to say, that's, that's way beyond my, my comprehension. Like, I couldn't imagine, like... You got beakers and all this other kind of stuff going on in there and measuring. It's like a mad scientist lab to kind of figure out how all this works. Yeah, I bet your moleskin notebook's worth a lot. All your ideas in there. <laughs> yeah, I keep one by the bed. So if I wake up from a dream about a gin recipe or a whiskey recipe, I can write it down. So I, I guess let's talk about that since you said you've you tasted or tried so many different recipes. Now, how how far do you go to like trying something and then saying like, okay, this is good. We can make a product out of this or like, I guess you could say like you have a thousand failures and one success. Like what's the kind of rate that you look at of when you try all these different things and, and kind of nail down a single product? It's something new. So I did some of that at Brown Foreman, but they have, you know, very established brands. <clears throat> so, you know, they know exactly what they're looking for every single time when they're coming out with a new product. You're not trying to make uh, old Forester taste like Laphroaig. So you're staying within mm -hmm. that wheelhouse. So it's, it's, um, a little more focused innovation. I'll say it that way mm -hmm. with my, this new project, you know, the kind of the, the sky's the limit. I can look at different types of grains that aren't traditionally used in bourbons. I can use different types of casks. I can, I'm looking at yeast strains currently, and that's just the wild, wild west. Yeah, it's figuring like, out <laughs> what we're going to use. So. Apparently, that's like one of the most proprietary things in the, in the kind of whiskey and bourbon industry, right? So that's like, that's probably the hardest thing to kind of figure out because it essentially is uh, the heart of whatever batch or whatever you're making at that it point, is. right? And the the strains are just there's infinite numbers, and the character that you're looking for is just shaped by the yeast. It's your grain recipe, the yeast, the way you distill it, the way you mature it, but you know. 40% of your flavor is coming from what's happening before maturation. See, so anybody out there that's actually listening, right? So you got to know that yeast is really where the secret is. So, yeah. So if you're, if you're to go try to hunt some down. <laughs> yeah. It's, go find your own mini Vendome and start your backyard, right? Is that how you're going to start? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. So let's talk a little bit about maybe what can you do differently at, at formerly known as Old Taylor versus when you're Brown Form. I'm guessing it's more experimentation, more putting your kind of um, spin on everything, right? So kind of talk about what makes you excited to be able to begin this journey. I'm super excited about the opportunity to get out there in the fields with the farmers, developing relationships with the guys that are going to be making the barrels going directly into the laboratory where the yeast strains are going to be um, cultured. You know, they do that at Brown Foreman, but we have, they, they have a department for everything. So there's very specialized people that are doing all these tasks at at Old Taylor. That's me. I'm that department. You're doing everything. (laughs) Yeah. You got everything. Yeah. I am responsible for all of those things. And that's really exciting and a huge opportunity for me to learn and, and get my feet um, feet wet and all of these things. So I'm super excited to, you know, go out and meet the farmers and and talk to them about how the fertilization schedule impacts the size of the grain and what we're going to be looking for specifically as a distiller and helping them to learn while I'm learning about what they do. And I, you know, I'm actually going to be out there on a combine harvesting wheat that could potentially go into one of our projects. So I, I just can't wait about that. I mean, that's going to be in a couple of weeks. I don't know any other distiller. Maybe there's been another distiller to go say, out and ride on a combine. But those things are like Cadillacs. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're almost like an official startup mode, right? I mean, yes. that's kind of what it is because a lot of people we talk to, at least master distiller wise, they're not doing all that, right? They they don't they don't touch that aspect, and more or less they all have become marketers for their That's particular right. brand, right? So, um, of course, they still do the tasting. They, they, they choose the premium barrels, whatever it's going to be. But, yeah, a lot of it's turned into kind of a, a marketing game. But, yeah, it's kind of good to see that, you know, you're kind of sticking to the roots and kind of figuring mm-hmm. out, like, oh, this is the way it's going to be. Now, uh, since you are going to be a master distiller and you are uh, one of the – actually – probably one of the first women master distillers like since prohibition, at least from the research that I could do. So what's it, I guess it mean to kind of be a, a woman in this, this time of whiskey and being able to say like, at this point in my career, I've gotten to this. 
it's really exciting. Uh, you know, I've been kind of the only woman in a male-dominated field for a long time. I Even back in high school, I was doing automotive at the Oldham County Career Center and changing <laughs> oil. And a group. I think there was two other uh, girls in my class of like 20 or so. So I've always been, you know, kind of comfortable in that setting. I never, never been treated any differently, I guess, um, than, you know, just one, one of the... One of the guys. One of the, one of the guys, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm very comfortable in, in the place that I am. And it's been a very warm um, welcome from the industry. I think it's taken the consumers a little bit um, longer to warm up to it, but... You know the the old guard is passing, and we're. I, I think it's just so exciting, and you know we're seeing more women consumers, more female consumers, mm-hmm. more of these like bourbon women, whiskey chicks, whiskey mm-hmm. women, um, all these different groups. And I'm, there's a million that I didn't say, but it really embracing women in brown spirits, and that's coming into the industry as well. There are organizations such as Loads, Ladies of American Distilling, that are really bringing visibility to women that are in distilling, but maybe not the the head of the, the distillery. You know, you see women that are running the bottling lines and women that are in the distillery doing day-to-day functions, not the, the master distiller per se, or distillers. You know, there are a bunch of female distillers out there. And I'm, I'm just so excited to be part of this herd that is moving and, you know, it's really exciting. Becoming that, that woman of whiskey icon, if you will, right? Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. Kind of, I know in our circle of friends, bourbon's gotten a lot popular with the women. Not my, my wife hasn't taken on to that, but a lot of her <laughs> friends are starting to drink old fashions and uh, just sampling bourbons. It's pretty cool how just, you know, it used to be just a men's drink supposedly, but now it's definitely taken on with the women and everything. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's one of the the ways it happens too. So you start with maybe a flavored whiskey, hate to say it. And then you go to a and then you go to a, a nice cocktail with bourbon, with a nice bourbon. And then you maybe you go to one that's a little more bourbon forward. You can mm-hmm. taste it more. And then you're willing to try some taste of, of straight bourbons. Mm-hmm. And that's just how your palate changes. That progression of that's a bourbon right. drinker that bourboner did. It's a, yes, everybody yeah, starts yeah. off with Coke and bourbon and Coke. And then they go to, Maybe a rocks, and then you, you know slowly, meat, slowly then, wean yourself. And now off. you're on barrel proof like me, and it's <laughs> it, ruins you. it ruins me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was funny. So this last weekend, I went to the Bourbon Affair event or the, the opening of it, and it was it was a really good mix of. I mean, it was I'd say at least probably sixty forty men and women there, and but I mean, I sat at the table and I see women sitting there drinking whiskey neat and bourbon neat. I'm like, huh, how about it? Right. I was just like, I was like, yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting here with, you know, my one ice cube, right. Just trying to mellow it down. Cause some of them, you know, I was drinking some wild turkey rare breed and I had to kind of mellow that one down a little bit for me. But I mean, it was, it was still, it was very, very positive to kind of see that in that, that environment. So, so I guess also kind of talk to us uh, a little bit about what do you think has made you successful so far and why you were chosen to be the master distiller at, at formerly known as old Taylor. I am very passionate about this industry and about the work that is done in this industry and making high quality spirits. I work really hard. I learn really fast. I love to learn. So I think that's one of the most important things about it is you, you never get to the point where you know everything. And I think that, you know, um, all the mass, every master distiller out there would say the same thing. You never get to the point where you know everything. You're constantly um, bouncing ideas off of other people that you know, other master distillers that you know, and 
and learning from them because there's no two distillers that run exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's also interesting to kind of know. And, and, you know, we talked about the yeast strains a little bit earlier and how that kind of, kind of differs all the different bourbon products from one another. Uh, kind of give us an idea of, you know, what do you think is going to make when you get to the point of being able to release a bourbon is going to be like, what's going to set you apart in, in this kind of, I don't say it's not a flooded market, but it's, it's a market that we see has a lot of established brands. Well, and, it has established know. brands and you've got these other people that they go and they buy three different barrels from somewhere else. They blend them together and they say, we've got our own. Right. And then you see these things on the shelf and you're like, I've never even heard of this before. Right. And so I, I guess what What's going to make you the, the kind of stand out amongst something on the shelves? Uh, I think, first of all, our brand is going to have a little bit of a leg up because of the history of the site. So we have a limestone castle that was built in 1887 by Colonel E.H. Taylor, who was bourbon royalty and put a huge stamp on the industry with the Bottle and Bond Act, but also bringing that elegance and sophistication, really bringing an experience to the industry. I mean, we, he um, had European formal gardens on the site of the distillery, built that beautiful spring house that has the European style, the solid limestone columns. And just knowing how passionate he was about bringing honesty and transparency and authenticity to the industry. So our idea, our brand strategy is to take that bottle and bond and his idea of that relationship, that bond between the consumer and the um, distiller to a, a, a modern era. So it's not all that, you know, it's different today. So we're not looking to bottle and bond because we don't know what everything else is. You know, we know it's whiskey. We know it's made here or there. It's not going to kill us. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly. Supposedly. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. in there. If you use Every, it responsibly. Everything's in moderation, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. No, no paint thinner, no arsenic, mm-hmm. no um, tobacco chew in the, in the bottle nowadays because we have all of these different um, regulating entities. So we want to bring bond to a new era in a way that it's really relevant. So being 100% transparent, being as authentic as possible, doing things in a way that we would be proud of and that Colonel Taylor would be proud of. So knowing exactly where your your grain came from, knowing the farmer, when it was harvested, um, what why the yeast train was chosen. Um, obviously we're not going to provide all the genetics because that would just be silly. Yeah, like, there goes, anybody could make it at that point. Yeah, That's right. But we're, we're going to tell you the character and we're going to tell you, you know, where it was in the warehouse and why. And as, as transparent as, as much information as we can provide. Age statements. Age statements. Gotcha. Exactly. You're going to know when it went into the warehouse and when it came out and why we, um, blended it the way it was. So being, you know, as, as honest as we possibly can. Right. So that's what you're, you're looking for, like a good blended bourbon. Are you thinking about doing single barrels from different parts of the warehouse? Or is, again, Absolutely. is this one of the things that you write down in your, your notebook at night and you try to <laughs> throw it to the crowd and see what kind of happens? That's right. You know, th- there is a little bit of a balance there. I have all these ideas for new products, but how many do you really push out there at, at the same time? So you, you got to grow a brand so that you have brand awareness and then, Figuring out, you know, when is the right time to release these different things? Because I could put out 20 bourbons right now. But, you know, as you said before, there are a million different products on the shelf that you just have no idea what they are or where they came from or why they're special. So we got to make that relationship and tell you why we're special before we expect your purchase. You're already on the first step of brand awareness by coming on here because you're going to get at least 10 million followers now on Facebook (laughs) and all that sort of stuff. (laughs) 
We wish. Awesome. One of these days. Yeah. One of these days we will. <laughs> yeah, we're going to grow with you. Perfect. <laughs> well, good. So we're, we're getting to the top of the show here, running into that 30-minute mark. You know, is there anything you kind of want to leave our listeners with, like what they can expect here in the next, um, you know, I guess when is when is when do you think you're going to be up and running to actually start making gin and getting that out the door? Thank you for asking that. So I'm going to be making product distilling by the end of the year. It'll be December, January at the very latest. So we could potentially be in distribution for gin early next year. However, the site won't be open for tours and visits until spring next year. So spring 2016. And that's super exciting. But I did want to let all the the listeners know that if you want to check in on the project, even though we don't have a name yet, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Marianne Barnes. I have a a public figure page that I'm posting pictures and So it's like the choice choice between him or her and Kim Kardashian. (laughs) Figure out which one you're going to follow. But yeah, you click the like button. You both. No, it's great. Actually, you know, I, that's why I was able to contact you through there originally. And I kind of looked through some of your old posts. You know, you you post pictures of stuff and you're like, guess what this is, right? And people will <laughs> be like, oh, it's an old grain still or it's something like that, right? Yeah, so it's definitely really cool to kind of follow you along on Twitter, see the progress of what's actually happening there. So you get, you know, real-time picture updates of everything that's going on at the distillery. And, um, and that's how you're probably going to stay up to date until you come up with a name and a website and that's a right. mailing list, right? That's right. Yeah, only got... Facebook for now, we'll probably be getting some more of those social media things going as soon as we have a name. Yeah. So, um, Facebook and then, you know, start looking for Twitters and Instagram and all that good stuff later on. Well, awesome. Well, Marion, again, thank you for being on the show today. It was a pleasure to talk to you and yeah. guys, kind of get awesome. Yeah. So, Super excited. Can't wait. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably try to get you back here maybe in a, a year or two bump and we'll kind of, kind of figure out, you know, what, where the brand's going, uh, what some of the products you're thinking about and what's aging and when it will kind of be released for the next bourbon release as well. So. Well, we got to get you all out to the distillery too. Next Sign time you have a Sign chance. me up. Yeah, yeah. Twist my arm on that one. <laughs> 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 well, great. So if you want to be able to follow us along on uh, Instagram or uh, Twitter, go ahead and follow us at Bourbon Pursuit. Subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also like us on Facebook along with Marianne. Yep. Uh, thanks again for coming on. It was super awesome. Um, if you guys ever have any suggestions or uh, feedback, Uh, Just let us know, and uh, we'll see you next time.